we actually just started this podcast um, because we wanted to get more people out and get information out to people. So I want to welcome you to JM4 Tactical Podcast after hours, where the doors are locked and the guns are cocked. There you go. You like that, don't you? Um, I'm going to bring. Uh, we're going to talk to um, Weston Martinez. He is running for Texas Land Commissioner. And he's, we're going to do this episode and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on here in Texas and how he can um, change and stop some of the things that are going on here in the, here in our great state and keep us a great state. Um, Mr. Martinez, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I appreciate you guys having me on this morning. And, uh, you know, yesterday I San Antonio, then I was in uh, then I was in North Texas, in Mesquite, Texas, and then I did a final event in uh, Round Rock, and back in San Antonio, and now we're here in the Alamo City for just a little bit before I head off to uh, whew, North Texas again somewhere. So I know but, you want, I know you want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Alamo and what's going on with our border. Um, uh, let's start off with the Alamo. Um, I, I know you, we we've talked and we've met and. Um, we've had some conversations over what's going on, you know, throughout the state of Texas and, and um, kind of, and it kind of intrigued me what was going on with the Alamo. And I, I want you to kind of talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. So the liberal mayor, Julian Castro, wanted to create a reimagine the Alamo program where they wanted to tear down the cenotaph, put a wall around the Alamo, do all kinds of things. Well, his mother went on national uh, media and said that the defenders of the Alamo were nothing more than rapists and drunks. And I just couldn't stand by. So I began going across Texas telling people about this reimagine the Alamo program and how it needed to be stopped. There was very few people that, that chimed in or got on board. And I kind of felt like Colonel Travis, where are the reinforcements? And after years of fighting that, uh, we were able to finally defeat them at the state level. And let me tell you some of the things that's wrong right now at the Alamo. Right now at the Alamo, there is an order signed that says that the Alamo and the front of the Alamo uh, in the uh, plaza, that is a no free speech zone. And it's executed by the General Land Office and executed by the mayor of San Antonio. Right now at the Alamo, people are paying to bury people in the back of the Alamo and spreading their ashes among the defenders of the Alamo. We can't have that. We're going to stop that on day one. One of the reasons why is because, you know, all I need is one of these liberal wackadoos from San Antonio to go over there and say, oh, look, I pulled up a scoop of dirt. And here's, you know, Muhammad Allah Akbar, you know, next to Davy Crockett. And we need to go ahead and add another flag to the Alamo. While that sounds unhinged, that is exactly the kind of lunacy that we're dealing with. Additionally, with the Alamo right now, You've got um, the city of San Antonio in a private public partnership that has collected millions and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars and uh, privately raised dollars. And we don't have the ability to audit what those what where that money is going or where it's been. So when we look at what's happening with the Alamo, um, those are some of the things. But one of the things that's most that are even more troubling than what I've said is that the United Nations is currently involved with the Alamo. Go look it up. UNESCO. Alamo. Folks, day one, I'm going to tell the United Nations to get the hell out of the Alamo so, because they don't need to be anywhere near our missions. So so what's going on with that? Uh, why are the United Nations even involved with our Alamo? 
you had a land commissioner that thought it would be beneficial financially for us to have them help with the operations of the missions so that it would actually uh, reduce funding from the from the general land office. So kind of not a bad idea. But the problem is, just like every liberal George Soros funded agency, they find a way to get in there and do something differently. Well, I can tell you, as an example, one of the founding priests of one of the oldest missions here in San Antonio is not allowed to be remembered. And the reason why is because he forced Indians to be uh, learn how to farm, to learn how to read and learn how to write. So, I mean, so they're saying he's he was a slave owner. And that he was purporting slavery <clears throat> by trying to teach these people how to learn, <clears throat> how to read, write, and to farm. Uh, and that's just one example of just ignorance that's taking place here in San Antonio, here at the Alamo. And so I'd be the first land commissioner in the history of Texas to actually be from the Alamo City. And I can tell you that we know what it is to fight and we know what it is to stand up against tyrants. And there are modern day Santa Ana's in our world at all levels. And we have to fight. And that's why recently I came up with the phrase that there's no longer two parties here in the United States or in Texas. It's not Republicans, and Democrats. It's just patriots and traitors. And this is just one example of where we have been either sold down the river or let down tremendously. I mean, in Santa in Texas, we couldn't even pass a bill that stopped gender mutilation of children. We couldn't even pass a bill that actually did real property tax relief, and we couldn't even pass a bill that really stopped abortion. So we have to, as the citizens, unite and put people over politics. And that's what folks are really excited about. You know, for years, I've already been involved fighting for conservative values and principles. I didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, let me run for office. Let me pretend I'm going to do something or let me tell you what I want to do. You know, these wanna, coulda, shouldas. We don't need those people serving in office. Yeah. We need to have people that have already got their knuckles bloody. So, uh, I know we talked a little bit about our border crisis and what's going on down there. And I, that's when I, I want to kind of get your input um, on what's going down there, on going down on the border and how can we fix what's going on. Um, I know we, we've got good people trying to seek um citizenship or trying to, to come here to better their lives, but we also have bad people in the mix. Um, what can we do to, to, to stop a lot of this drug trafficking and, and sex trafficking? And, and I know Houston's being a hub for sex trafficking right now, and we're actually going into that episode next week with some um, experts over sex trafficking. But what can you do as a Texas land commissioner to stop a lot of that stuff and, and move forward with, with helping, you know, helping the people that want to come here honestly, but also stop the fentanyl and all the stuff coming across the border. Well, let me tell you what I've done without holding statewide office as the elected land commissioner. I was a statewide commissioner for real estate commission a while back for seven years. Um, but while I've been working diligently I created a bill that made human trafficking a death penalty eligible offense and another one that made voter fraud a felony in Texas. And that was years ago. I filed a complaint with the attorney general of Texas because we had an 18 wheeler several years ago that was that was found in a parking lot with a bunch of people dead and about 10 people left alive. And they just turned those people out loose to Catholic charities and let them disappear. 
And I said that was wrong. I filed another complaint with the attorney general. That resulted in the attorney general currently having an active lawsuit and investigation against the police chief and the city manager and their possible role in human trafficking and their possible role in um, creating a sanctuary city. So those are things I was doing long before running for this office. Now, directly, what can we do? Number one, uh, one of the solutions that I have, first of all, I'm the, in the history of Texas, I'm the first person to say you could use the Office of the Land Commission to build the wall and secure the border. So that's an important detail. Um, there are places along the border that are owned by the General Land Office. Um, and then there's other places that we would uh, work with others to get that pushed through. Secondly, I have talked about filling up the Rio Grande River, making it navigable. If you've ever crossed the Brazos River, the Colorado River, the Mississippi, when you have a river that's full, ain't nobody crossing it. And that's even a easier solution because Mexico is five years behind on their water payment. And if you're in the audience out there, raise your hand if you think that we ought to enforce U.S. treaties between the United States and foreign countries. Well, guess what? I got a treaty on the southern end of our country, the southern end of Texas, that is between the United States and Mexico. And Mexico is not upholding their side of the treaty. They are five years behind on the water payment. The cartel is making $22 million a week that we know of in human trafficking. So we have to find ways to get them off of the streets and stop crossing over. So we fill up the river. We make it navigable like the Panama Canal. Now, nobody's crossing. Nobody's crossing. We're also creating a source of economy. But in Texas, I found out that uh, when looking to try to solve the problem, I found a DPS regulation that says if you're transporting a virus in a person place in a person thing or animal, then it is a $87,000 fine to transport them in a unsecured hazmat fashion, meaning a commercial driver's license driver driving a white bus that's passenger rated, that's transporting people with a virus like Ebola, AKA COVID is $87,000 fine per head. And every one of your viewers that lives in Texas, or that is in Texas and they see one of these buses, they can go to the DPS website, fill out a complaint form with that operator number and that license number, and they're required to investigate it. The only way to get human trafficking stopped is to hit these people where it hurts. And the economic solution that I have is a generational wealth uh, changer in the positive direction. It will not cost a ton of money to build because we already have the biggest asset, the river, already there. And the economy that generates will more than benefit the citizens of Texas. But most importantly, it'll impact the 15,000 18 wheelers a day that cross from Laredo, Texas. That is why we have Dallas and Houston, Texas as the number one and number two human trafficking spot in the United States of America. So those are just a couple of concrete plans. Be vigilant about the laws that are in place, create real solutions that are actually going to go in there and impede people coming across. And look, folks, you, everybody knows somebody in the military. You talk to them, ask them, and they'll tell you that natural barriers, natural borders, like a mountain range, a river, uh, an ocean, those things are the most secure borders that we can have, and we need to fill ours up. So those are just a couple of things what we can do. And the human trafficking the numbers that you see only represent really probably about half of what's really going on. It's far worse than what people know. Wow. 
So you, you, and uh, if Ken Paxton was able to get back into the AG office, um, this, this term, you and him could or have already worked together in the past and, and y'all could work together in the future. Absolutely. His office uh, told me that uh, because of my testimony on human trafficking and me working with our good friend, James O'Keefe, that we executed the fastest arrest in the history of Texas for voter fraud. And um, when I filed that complaint on the uh, on the police chief, I didn't know until about a year and a half later, uh, we were at a, at a luncheon talking about human trafficking. And Paxton looks across the room and says, and because of our friend Weston Martinez right here, uh, we are now pursuing uh, litigation against the police chief and the city manager. So, um, you know, I can work well with anybody, but yes, Paxton and I do have a good existing relationship. Okay, that, that's good to know. I, I have a feeling that our current administration up there in the governor's office is kind of holding <laughs> Paxton up on doing some things. Um, I've always kind of felt that they're kind of a blockade between him and getting things done right now. Um, and I think putting the right people in the right spots in Texas this election is definitely going to make a huge impact because I feel like you and, and a couple of other candidates out there, if y'all get into office, that y'all aren't going to have the blockade. You're not going to have each other blocking each other from getting. Oh, Sid, and, you know, one of my biggest endorsements, Texas Ag Commissioner Sid Miller, you know, um, you know, we've talked about how we can Texas for. And um, sorry about that. We've talked about how we can. Somebody's trying to trying to call me again. Um, we've talked about how we can move Texas forward. And he hadn't asked me for nothing. You know, he just wants to put the citizens first, put the people first, and put people over politics. <clears throat> and that's what we have to do. You know, the Tribune has an article this morning out uh, about the lieutenant governor and all of the uh, backroom dealing that was going on with him requesting Trump endorsements for all these different varied candidates. Um, I tell you what, it's a, it's a sad read um, for Republican leadership, and, and it kind of highlights exactly what you're just saying. And it goes back to what I said, that it's not Republicans and Democrats, it's patriots and traitors. And you know, we're getting sold up the river in, in many ways that we don't even know about. I mean, heck, Pfizer lobbyist uh, owns an island off of the East Coast with the governor's main political consultant. What? You know? <laughs> wow. Come on. Um, wow. What, we, 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 there ain't no time for rookies no more in Texas politics. Yeah. We, and I think a lot of Texans are feeling that way. We need to get the politicians out, get normal people back in, get people with a strong head and that aren't being bought uh, and paid for and aren't yes men, you know, or yes man, ma'ams. Um, I know that we talked a little bit about the CCP um, and, and some la land being bought up throughout Texas, and that's going to be one of your top priorities is getting in there, investigating these straw purchases. And if you find proof that these this land is being bought under straw purchases, then you uh, then the state of Texas can take that land back. Correct. Well, for, we legally we're going to go after them to get that contract undone. Uh, because it would be a fraudulent contract. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yes, that should, then we will move forward on how do we nullify those transactions um, and put that back to the original landowners and let them sell their land to somebody else. But, you know, I can't go buy land in China. Heck, I can't even go buy land in Canada. We can't buy you know? land in Mexico. And that, no. that, 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 that brings up um, the, the land purchase that, that uh, Canada just purchased. You were telling me about some land that they 
I purchased 800,000 acres. Is that a couple correct? hundred thousand acres? Yep. Over there in East Texas, Piney Woods country, timber country. Um, you know, why would they do that? Why you do know? they need our land? Right. And then, you know, we've got everybody's kind of, a lot of people have heard about this Chinese communist general that bought 200 square miles north of Del Rio. And, um, you know, here's here's the deal with that. Any any I had the Texas Farm Bureau when they interviewed me, they said, hey, do you support private property rights? Even when a farmer wants to sell his land to a Chinese investor. The Texas Farm Bureau asked that question. And I, I was like, you know, sometimes when you're bull riding, you got a crazy bull that's just kind of all over the place. They don't yeah. really buck right. They just they wallow around is what you call it. Man, I felt like I was just on a dirty old bull that just was gross. And I couldn't believe they even asked that question. And I told them I'm absolutely for private property rights, but hell no, I'm not for selling our land to any regime that means to do us harm. And that's why day one is land commissioner. I'm going to go in there and do an audit on all of the land sales in the last 10 years that went through the general land office. Cause most people don't realize real estate, real estate development, real estate transactions is a major, major part of the Texas land commission office. And I was a real estate commissioner for seven years. So I know, you know, what some of these bad deals looked like. I, we prosecuted a guy who sold part of Fort hood, a realtor. sold part of Fort hood, and we had to go in there and legally go after him uh, and for what he did. So, I'm not uh, unfamiliar with, you know, doing these kinds of situations in a commissioner position because I was a statewide commissioner for almost seven years. And, you know, we've got senators that are out there asking for your vote for different things. I, you need to remind everybody in Texas that the Texas Senate wanted to force. They said you had to forcibly be submitted to a COVID test to be allowed to address your governing body. That is wrong. And those Texas senators, not a one of them stood up against the lieutenant governor. And why would you vote for them for anything else in the rest of their lives if they would allow you to be forced to do that? That's right. Sid, Sid Miller, my buddy, he sued the lieutenant governor and all of the senators when they did that. It was the right thing to do. So you're right. Texas politics. Um, I told somebody the other day, we've got a big swamp in D.C., but we got to have a bigger swamp in Texas. We got us a bigger capital. So we, we absolutely have to go after it. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that people also are excited to hear me talk about is our Texas veterans. You know, the veterans, the v veterans nursing homes in Texas had twice the death rate of the national average here in Texas. And I'm going to call for an audit on all of those nursing homes day one to find out why our Texas vets got Fauci'd. Wow. I know you had a couple other questions, so I was trying to bat it back to you, Chad. Oh, no, I, I was sitting here listening to, to all this stuff. It's still trying to process why Canada wants 800,000 or several hundred thousand acres of our land. Uh, I'm just trying to process this. Just going. It, it, it's a hostile takeover. I mean, think about it. that. China, I mean, as general with 200 square miles, his initial desire was to put a large uh, swine operation on that piece of property so they could impact the pork price in the United States of America. So if Canada wants to buy timber, it's probably because they want to impact the timber price that they are uh, using for home builds here in the United States. You know, all, you know, if you really put your, you know, what's, what's George Soros trying to do today hat on, you know, because I tell I found a picture with uh, Trudeau and jo George Soros 
and his main, uh, one of his main cabinet members just from about uh, two or three months ago. And they were having a very relaxed conversation, sitting on couches in a nice little living room. And it was a home setting. And so the question I have is, you know, is Soros trying to get into the impact the home market to drive pricing up because, you know, he's trying to repackage some kind of financing deal on a large global scale, you know, with our finance system or with the large creditors or debtors here in the United States so that they can possibly get to a social credit score. Now, see, you can't put those things together unless you've been fighting in the trenches for years, like I have, and like some other people have, um, is you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, it's, it's crazy to kind of think that way, but once you've seen all the things taking place, that's why we have the saying, you know, let's they can really read the tea leaves. Well, I know that you've stirred up some stuff with the Biden administration and they're not too, um, they don't like you, which means I like you. (laughs) If they don't like you, there's a reason that means I like you. Uh, you must be doing your job if you're making them people mad um, and you must be stirring up havoc and, and getting things done and asking all the right questions. If you're making that administration mad um, and, and yep. that's what we, that's what we need for, you know, us, us as Texans, we're, we're known for not being politically correct. We're known for speaking out and speaking our mind and, and it, we don't see a gray area. It's, it's, it's right or wrong. Um, and, and that's what I'm liking about you. And I know we've, like I said, we've met and we've had some conversations over this and we stand, we've strongly stand behind you. Um, well, you know, it's, I'll tell you something that's very interesting. Texas is the only state in the United States of America that has its own declaration of independence. Yes. You, you, and you read article one, section one, and it talks about the fact that our sovereignty is inalienable. Now, why would Sam Houston, who created this Office of Land Commissioner before Texas was a state, when we were a country, when they pinned that Declaration of Independence, why would Article 1, Section 1 say, without an unequivocal doubt, that we are not only sovereign, but we are individually sovereign beyond anything else? Why would they go so far to put that out of bounds or to protect us? Because they knew we were joining a union of states and that we still had our state sovereignty. And so as Texans and as land commissioner, my job is to really knock the dust off of the Lone Star and get the people across the state of Texas to recognize their sovereign rights as an individual and then get other people in other states to realize their individual sovereignty as well. You know, I'm going to send the Biden administration a letter telling them that we're not going to submit ourselves to the Paris Climate Accord. And that's going to make them mad because that means that we're not going to be submitted to different types of uh, restrictions from the EPA. Well, folks, read your constitution. The EPA is not part of the constitution. So therefore, I'm not required to be subjected to it unless I allow myself to be subjected to it. So these are the kinds of things where we need to stand up. When I got Hurricane Harvey victims that still aren't back in their homes, and they've been waiting for the federal government to give them money to start their projects for a long period of time. Folks, that's our money. We send it to them. We're a donor state, which means we give them more money than we get back. You know what? We need to start some common sense, quote, radical thinking like, why don't I just hold my federal dollars back here in Texas, take care of our people 
keep the receipt and send them to change. I mean, Obama liked that. Didn't he like sending the change? Yeah. Well, let's send them the change that jingles. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's, there's, there's lots of things that we have to do, but it's, it's, it's disgusting to see where we've slidden to. Um, but it's good people like you and your followers that are following me on my, uh, on my channels as well. And I appreciate y'all doing that. Uh, you know, we've got lots of fun stuff happening there, but it's people like that that are not being reached out to by the RNC and not being reached out to by, you know, mainstream groups. We are the 3%. Yes. And liberals and the left, they want every one of us to feel and believe that one person cannot make a difference. But you know what? You and your organization, you're living proof. One person can make a difference. And each and every one of the people that follow you, they need to realize they too can make a difference. And one of the ways they can do is help me on this campaign so that we can take back Texas because there's only one shot to save America and it's a place called Texas. Yes, you you are correct. And um, I, I appreciate you. And uh, I know we are going to do another podcast next week. You got some other things to come up with. Um, we definitely need to push this issue. Um, it's, you know, time to vote is, you know, early voting is now. And then, you know, the voting is comes March 1st, but we, we 100% stand behind you. And our company has never been a political company. But we've got involved in, in Texas politics because of the fact that, I, you know, if I don't, then we keep letting this take over and we keep letting people change things. We're not going to have a company in five years. And my kid is not going to know the freedom that I know today. My, you know, my grandkids won't know the freedoms that me and you know today. And it's people like you that's going to keep that in check and make sure my grandkids know the freedom and make sure that, you know, that we keep our freedom here in the state of Texas. But. Well, I appreciate that. Hats off to my parents. They used to uh, whip the hell out of me and make me read the Bible. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Martinez, we're going to get this um, get this um, posted uh, today on on all our social media pages and, and this conversation and, and the video and everything. And I really appreciate your time. And I'll. Um, I'll check back with you next week and we'll, we'll get another one going, but we are, our next episode is going to be over sex trafficking. Um, we're bringing in two experts that have been doing this for years and, and finding children that's been sex trafficked. And they've so far, they've had a hundred percent recovery rate and they're coming right. in and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk to the parents and, and find out, what us as parents can do to protect our children, because right now these kids are being groomed and they may be groomed for a couple of years and then taken. Um, so what we're, we're going to, we're going to figure out how to help better help the parents also on this. And then while you get, hopefully we get you in office and then you can start helping us as parents stop this at the border. Um, Absolutely. Cause it's, it's a very scary situation. Um, I, I told you know, I told the new chief of the Border Patrol, who is from Del Rio, Texas, I told him that every bit of the general land office land would be 100 percent opened up to their uh, law enforcement officials to go in there and fight, find and neutralize human trafficking. And that we as an agency, were going to start uh, looking and identifying any kind of uh, things that we see related to human trafficking on Texas land. Um, you know, when you go out and you do a ranch survey, you make notes of different things. Well, we're going to make sure that's added to the Oops. Well, I appreciate your time, my friend, and I appreciate you. And like I said, make sure you check out our coffee at jm4tactical.com. And we are always here for all your concealed carry or open carry needs. 
um, made right here in the state of Texas. I appreciate you, my friend. God bless you. God bless Texas. God bless you. Bye. Thank you.